Welcome to episode three of Armchair Quarterbacks with me, Cody Quarter, and my partner, Josh Bork. Once again, we appreciate all the listeners uh, tuning in, giving us a listen, giving us a follow on Instagram at armchair underscore quarterbacks, and on Twitter at, at quarterbacks. So that's C O U R T E R B A C K S. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. We, we want to include you guys. We want to uh, debate with you guys. Hit us on uh, social media. Uh, do you guys have any interesting topics to debate? Do you guys have any predictions we can break down? Uh, as always, appreciate you guys and all the support we've received so far. We are more than excited to continue this project. Mr. Josh, how are we doing this wonderful Monday evening? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, thank, thankfully, the football gods gave us uh, uh, an interesting weekend, so uh, there's a lot to go over. There is quite a bit to go over. One thing uh, of note for, for, for you guys out there, enjoy it while you can, okay? It might not seem like it, but we are three quarters of the way through the season already. And that's a bittersweet thing to even mention. But enjoy it while you can, right? Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know why you brought that up. That's kind of making me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, hey, like you said, a lot to go over. Let's start with the big surprise. Now, hey. We gotta we gotta pause for a second because we had this one all laid out, and that's what we're gonna go over. But breaking news: dun 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 dun. The Steelers just lost to the Washington Red football oh, team. Oh. Yeah, Washington football team. Wow. We'll try and touch on that here shortly, but. Uh, the the big surprise for me over the weekend was the New York football giants over Seattle in Seattle of all places giving them their first home loss of the season how about that yeah it just goes to show you how sad the NFC East has been this year because uh two football teams get a win in the division and everybody's like what is going on <laughs> gotta love the nfl right that's why they say any given sunday that's why we all watch that's why it's the most entertaining thing out there right now except for this year it's uh, any given tuesday or wednesday <laughs> absolutely oh goodness we got the we got games every day of the week man can never get enough nfl though well so, hats uh, off hats off to alex smith though um uh, last year, from what they were telling me, it sounds like he was never going to play football again. And uh, he's back and playing at a nice level, so my hat's off to him. Oh, for sure. This guy, I mean, he had an infection in his leg and thought he was going to get it amputated. Mm -hmm. And and now he's a, got one of the 32 jobs in the world as a starting NFL quarterback. And uh, he's dealing. He is absolutely yeah. dealing. I would bet my wife and kids he's comeback player of the year. Uh, it'd be it's gonna be it's gonna be a good argument for him, but uh, obviously you got Ben Roethlisberger as well. Uh, obviously, completely different situations. 
both injuries, one way more dramatic than the other. Uh, but what what are they turning their teams into? You know, you take them off For their sure. teams, what what do you have? You know, I don't know how they really judge that, but uh, that's going to be a good debate for sure. Uh, let's go back. To, let's get back to the Giants Seahawks here. So I'm I'm sitting here watching this game, and it's it it struck me as uh, not a very exciting game. It wasn't very exciting. It just had you know a good solid football team with a decent defense in the Giants going against Russell Wilson Seahawks and their pretty much lack of defense. And, you know, I look back at the box score and, and I'm just kind of scratching my head. Like what, how, where, what happened? Um, so, you know, I look at some of the keys, right? What are the, some of the key stats? Third down efficiency, right? Well, Hey, they're even. Okay. I take a look at time of possession, right? That's got to factor in mm-hmm. dead even. Yep. Okay. Well, what about penalties? It's got to it's got to be penalties cuz, you know, no 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 big stat lines out there. Absolutely. Even. Absolutely. Absolutely even. And so I'm like, I don't I don't understand how this game how does Russell Wilson lose to the Giants? Uh, and then and then we take a look at turnovers. This is the advantage Giants here. Uh, we we had Seahawks had one fumble, one pick and two turnover on downs. And that's that's not going to get it done against no. any team. No. Uh, and I think they only had they only had one trip into the red zone, didn't they? Yeah. Seattle. That's just wild. So I mean, you hats off to the Giants defense and uh, Mr. Leonard Williams. If I had to give out the game ball, I'm pretty sure he's getting it with his two and a half sacks, uh, including one on that last drive that pretty much sealed the deal. Uh, backed him up. Uh, mm-hmm. third down backed him up to fourth and 18 not really a good chance at that point but uh, he played a huge factor in that game um, just you know love it gotta love NFL Sundays man yeah. anybody uh, can win and they traded a three for him last year at the traded traded a third rounder for him last year um, friends with friends with giant fans and they would tell you that that was an awful trade. And I think they probably are backpedaling right now. <laughs> oh man, these giants. Uh, I mean, also hats off to Joe judge, right? You, you start Owen five, you, you got the Saquon injury. That's not good. Half your receivers are injured half the time. They're never healthy. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the ESPN power index had the giants, at a two percent chance to win the NFC East. Well, now they're leading the division with a sixty-six percent chance to win the division. Well, that's a quite a big turnaround, if you ask me. Oh, hundred percent. And uh, what you got is a, a Bill Belichick coach. Um, c- comes from the Bill Belichick tree. Uh, the Giants, did they know exactly who they are? which is what this guy brings, uh, the attention to detail, which is Bill Belichick's, I mean, that's his calling card, right? Mm-hmm. You're starting to see it here in, in, with the Giants. I watch the Giants a lot because they're a division rival of ours, and uh, they're, they're going to be solid in special teams. They're going to be scrappy on defense, and they're going to try and control the ball on offense. 
And, you know, talk about controlling the ball when you can hand it off to Wayne Gallman of all running backs. And he's got 16 carries, rattles off 135 yards. I mean, that's that's how you kind of control yeah. that, uh, get that ball control. And and uh, he's a real workhorse for them yesterday, for well, sure. Well, that's a Bill Belichick thing. I mean, you could give them a mop in a bucket uh, at running back in the in New England, and uh, he'll figure out a way to make it work with them. That's true. That's true. I mean. A lot of coaches coming from that Bill Belichick tree, and uh, you know some of them work out, and uh, you know some of them don't. Mm-hmm. See For Matt sure. Patricia, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay, well, again, gotta love it. Big win for the Giants over the Seahawks. Giants commanding lead at this point in the division. Seahawks, uh oh, they lose the division lead, uh, and um, to the Rams. And kind of put that whole division in turmoil. So it should be interesting to see how the last few weeks play out. Uh, who takes that lead into the playoffs? We yeah. shall well, see. And the Giants do not have a commanding lead, by the way. The Washington's five and seven as well. So is that? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. Yep. Especially with that win today. Oh man. Yeah, uh, you were right. Uh, New York is in first place because they uh, they've got the win over Washington. But... Got it. Not the commanding lead, of course. It's the mm-hmm. NFC East. What am I even talking about? Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> okay, let's move on to stat line of the week. Now, there was, there was quite a few options out there. I thought, hey, maybe we stick with the theme of uh, throwing up Cam Newton's, right? Cam Newton's stat line is, is boggles my mind week in and week out. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know... I, Somebody else had a performance that deserves some recognition, and uh, that's my guy Darren Waller of the oh, Las yeah. Vegas Raiders. He had a hell of a game, didn't he? Oh yeah, the guy's a the guy's a uh, what what the guys in the business like to call a a guy you would build on a video game. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, six 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 two sixty and runs like a deer. Um, can't ask for much more at tight end, right? No, not not at all. So this guy has 13 catches on 17 targets. Uh, fairly reliable, if you ask me. 200 yards and two touchdowns. Absolutely insane. Uh, fourth highest PPR total for a tight end ever in fantasy football with 45 points. That's... That's unheard wow. of. That is unheard of. This guy, along with Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill this year, those three are the only players to have five-plus receptions, 75 yards, and one touchdown in a quarter. That's uh, that's pretty darn good. Especially, I mean, I can already tell you it with Tyreek. That happened against the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and uh, I don't know if you watched the not to get off topic, but I don't know if you watched the game last night. It's obvious that uh, the Denver watched that tape and figured out that uh, hey, we might as well put a safety over the top. Yeah, exactly. even, even though they got even though they got beat a couple of times, uh, and a touchdown got called back. Still, not only did that touchdown you... get called back, but what about the other touchdown? Again, not to get off topic, but the <laughs> touchdown that didn't get called in the 
first place. Yeah, well, I think Tyreek's reaction to it told the coaching staff uh, we're not challenging. What do you think's going through his head at that moment when he gets up? Well, you can see it. He didn't think he caught it. He just went jogging back to the sideline. But it's hard to – It's he's got so much body control, right? You see him flipping around. You see him cutting on a dime. And in this case, the ball's tipped and he's falling towards the ground back first. So he's got – I feel like he's got a clear view of what's happening. Pins the ball against himself. And he, yeah. What I mean, what I makes him know. think he didn't catch it though? That's what I. That's what I. That's what I'm trying to understand. What know. makes him think he didn't catch it? Was it just Good like question. the refs, you know, waving their arms like no, or, or what? Because I mean, shoot, gotta love instant replay, right? I'm. My guess is, is he thought the ball hit the ground before it got to him. Ah, gotcha. That's my guess. That makes sense. Okay, back to Mr. Waller. Uh, So I read a tweet. uh, Darren Waller, the way any TV coverage handles him is very interesting. And I think it's it's almost time we got to change it, right? We got to change it because every time he has a good play, you, you just hear the announcers go, yeah, he used to do drugs. And uh, it's true. Every time he, he something Waller does something, you just hear about his past and what he overcame. Hey, props to the guy. Absolutely, you know, hats off for what he's overcome. And I'm so glad he's in the NFL and doing well. But man, every single time he does something, every week you just hear it. Oh yeah, he's overcome a lot in his life. He did drugs. Right. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, because so it's like America loves the whole. Uh, you know, comeback story, and they never, they never stop beating that drum, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Ah, all right. Well, hey, we had um, we had some dog fights uh this week, and uh, why don't you help kick us off here with our recap of the Rams and Cardinals? Right. So. Uh... Arguably in the most exciting division in football, um, you have the Rams come away with a huge win. Jerry Goff uh, played a really solid game, um, responded really well, actually, after being called out by his coach last week. And uh, he made no bones about it. He said he, he said it just pushed him to pushed him to play better. And, uh, you know, 37 to 47 for 351 yards. Um, that's I like it. That's yep. Got You got to take your got to take your hats off to them for that. Um, so I think they've won their last three out of four, um, trending in the right direction. As for the Cardinals, this they've lost three straight. They're trending in the wrong direction. Um, Kyler Murray stat line: twenty-one of thirty-nine for one hundred and seventy-three yards. Uh, got the three touchdowns, but uh, just just a little too inconsistent. Um, He's got to. He's got to find. A, he's got to find some consistency to his game. The uh, the talents there, the arm, the speed, uh, the playmaking ability. But uh, in this league, um, I've watched some of the most unathletic guys in the world play the position absolutely flawlessly. So you got to find the. You got to find the consistency. So 
I think you're um, talking about Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, I've watched the guys. Watch guys. Uh, Drew Bledsoe was, was a statue, and uh, he made it to a Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yep. Um, Kurt Warner is another one. Had one of the ugliest throwing motions I've ever seen in my life. But uh, anyway, um, you know, Henderson gets an injury early. Uh, they lean on the rookie out of Florida State, Cam Makers. Hand him the ball 21 times. Um, only 71 yards on 21 carries. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, Sean McVay has been pounding it a lot this year. Very surprising to me because, uh, I feel like, um, when they're at their best, it's, uh, they're just throwing passes all over the place to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And, uh, Woods had 10 catches and Cup had eight catches. So no surprise there, but, uh, not a lot of big plays, but they just, they didn't turn the ball over. They took care of it and uh, let Arizona make the mistakes. So, um, and of course, Hawkins had one touchdown catch, but for the most part, Jalen Ramsey took him out of the game. So, um, and you think he's the best corner in the league, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do. He's just big and fast in his attitude. He's got that old school attitude. He's got an attitude of some of the cornerbacks that I grew up watching who are just like, yeah, uh, I'm taking you out of this game. So, um, yeah, I do. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I said, I'm just saying I do. I do believe he's the best cornerback in the, in the game. Yeah. And just to kind of hit on that, that Kyler Murray, right? I mean, you're down 10 late, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, sack fumble. Like, you, you try and do too much, right? And we know you're athletic. We know you got your legs. You got th one of the best pass rush defensive lines in the league by with Aaron Donald. You get sacked, fumbled, and, uh, you know, you get off to the sideline. Your defense comes in. They held them to a missed field goal, right? So, hey, we're right. We just get a reset. We get to reset. You go back out there, and you follow it up with a pick six. Mm-hmm too many costly mistakes in key moments and a hundred percent he's, but, he's uh, he really just has to i think he just has to learn to take the lesser of evils and live to play another down in some of those instances and and that's and that's really hard for those guys that have legs like that because they think they can you know you get you get in the habit of turning things uh you know turning a turning a dead play into a big play and sometimes you just gotta say yeah i got nothing Exactly, exactly. And I think one person that uh, has definitely learned a little bit uh, is Josh Allen. Um, you know, some of his highlights from tonight and how he handled himself. You know, he's he's trying to, you know, not take the sack, not throw it away, still trying to make the plays, but, you know, he's, he's, he's getting better about it. You could definitely see there's improvement, you know. He had no picks tonight against a decent 49ers defense. Uh, so, you know, he's going to, I think for Kyler, it's just going to take some time. Just going to have, you know, experience, watch the tape, you know, take the coaching, take the criticism and, uh, and learn from it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an interesting formula that they have, uh, that they go by. Um, he has, he does have all the talent in the world and it's not, it's not all, it's not all over for them. Uh, they go to, 
They go to New York Giants next week, and uh, uh, make no mistake about it, the Giants got to win over Seattle, but they're not a not a juggernaut by any means. Uh, you get the job done there. Um, you get the mess that is the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town. Um, you get the job done there, which is highly likely. You get the 49ers, who don't have their starting quarterback and are having all kinds of problems. And then you get a Week 17 matchup against the L.A. Rams, which could be a huge, huge game. So uh, if you're a Cardinals fan out there, all is not lost, even though it's looking rather bleak right now. So Actually, I know I know we have one Cardinals fan out there that listens, so... I'm hope uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll be interested. He'll be he'll be seeing how this all plays out for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, if uh, you know the Rams got a tough one this Thursday against New England, um, then you got to lay up against the Jets. But then you end with the Seahawks, and then you got to go to Arizona. So it's just you know that 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 division's never it's never sewn up, never to the last week. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, moving on from that wonderful game, we had an earlier game that was almost as exciting in the second half. Uh, we had the Titans versus the Browns. Man, that game, I i don't think I've ever seen the polar opposites of, of a team like that in my life. You started off, Right, you started off. You got Peoples Jones dropping a touchdown in the end zone. The Browns settle for a field goal. All right, just the same old Browns just dropping easy touchdowns. Then Titans take over, and this is this is uh this is the turning point of the game. This is literally their first drive of this, the whole game. This is the biggest turning point. You got was it fourth and one? Henry up the middle, dives. I'm watching it with my eyes. I have glasses, so that means I can see. I see him get the first down, 100%. There's no question about it. They're going to keep the drive alive. Ref comes in, spots the ball. Not a first down. I'm sorry. What? They run off the field. Vrabel, he sees the same thing I saw, right? Coach throws the challenge flag. I'm like, okay. They get, they're going to overturn it. It's fine. They're fine. You're good. They don't overturn it. No. Gives the Browns the ball back with a short field. And then Baker Mayfield just lights them up. Just absolutely lights them up. Uh, on that next drive, I thought it was very interesting. You had a wide receiver uh, reverse end around pass that Landry completes to Baker Mayfield for the first down, but add on a 15-yard roughing the passer. Did you know you could rough the passer on a wide receiver end-around pass? No. No, I did not. I thought once uh, once Jarvis Landry got the ball, I thought he was uh, I thought he was live. But looking back at the hit, uh, even though they called roughing the passer, I believe – the uh, the hit that was delivered to him was helmet to helmet, so I I think you think you could have called uh, uh you could have called a helmet to helmet fifteen yarder there uh, anyway. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So I'm 
I'm thinking how how can you how can a team use this in the future, right? How could they like is there any way to like kind of make this rule like like exploit it somehow? <laughs> because you get a wide receiver on a I mean, he could just take off and run. It could just be a running play. But if he just decides to throw it and then somebody drills him, I mean, that could be a 15-yard foul. Like, that's – I feel like yeah, that's I a mean, gray area. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, I, I've always I've always thought about that. If you're running a reverse, um, you run a reverse to, to a wide receiver, and uh, if he sees the play is going to be blown up, why not just pull up and throw it out of bounds? Dude, that's genius. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the NFL rule book well enough. That might not be in the rules, but I've always wondered why not. Because uh, uh, if you're coming around and, and you see the guys uh, held the edge and it's there, I mean, why not just pull up and throw it out of bounds? Yeah, you just kind of make it past the line of scrimmage. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's genius. Yep. I wonder but, if you could uh, do that in Madden. I don't think you could even do that in Madden. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, so, but no, I, I did not know that. I thought you were live, but just looking back at the hit, if you go back and look at the hit, he hit him helmet to helmet. So, Gotcha. That makes sense. I di- didn't catch the helmet to helmet. I just saw the penalty roughing the passer. I, I was confused as I'll get out. But uh, the Browns turned the bad spot uh, turnover on downs. They turned it into points with a Landry touchdown. Uh, and, and the very next drive, you're thinking, okay, Titans, they're going to they're gonna put it together. Henry, we just saw him the last two weeks in a row. Just get rolling. Well, he takes his first carry on that drive and fumbles it. Uh, broke the fourth longest streak of rushing attempts without a fumble. And uh, that's just not something you see every day. D- definitely not. Um, and I go back to, uh, you were talking about the play where um, Derrick Henry didn't get the first down. Mm-hmm. Um, the third down call before that was really concerning to me. Um, that's just a. I, I, these are the these are the most brilliant minds in the world that are offensive coordinators for these teams. But sometimes I think they overcomplicate it. Uh, you have a third and one, and you're throwing it to uh, your backup tackle when you have Derrick Henry. Uh, I just I can't fathom that. So. Uh, <laughs> I think they got what they deserved there on that second play. That was God saying, hey, um, I've given you this man built out of granite at running back, and you want to throw it to your tackle. I'm not giving you the spot. So, <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, they, you know, they say, like, the ball doesn't lie. Well, maybe, you know, that played in there somehow. I, I see what you're saying. I like yep. It. Well, uh, you know, with that Henry fumble on the next drive, you got the Browns converting that into more points. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 25 for 33, 334 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure those were his stats in the, uh, in the first half, but also for the game. And we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, he was dealing and, you know, against this Tennessee Titan pass defense, I, you know, this is one that is not really unexpected, but Hey, uh, he did what he had to do and uh, got him up 38-7 to by halftime. You're like, okay, time to turn this game off. Somehow, some way, 
the Titans end this game and it's only a six point loss. And you just you scratch your head, you're like, What? How? How is this even possible? Yeah. Well, I, I just think it's a it's a product of Cleveland just being the football team that they've been the last, you know, as long as I can remember actually. You just you're you're not in those situations a lot, and I think you have to learn. You have to be in those situations as a play caller, as a football player. You have to be in those situations a lot, and they're just not. They're just never. They're never in football games. They're blowing people out. I mean, I mean, it seems simple enough. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You just control the ball and run the clock out. But like I said, you just they don't know. They they, they don't know how to do it. And, so, uh, do you think it was? the Titans making the adjustments or, or in this case, you're thinking maybe the Browns are kind of just being the Browns, right? They're just, they, it almost seems just like they got lazy and complacent. Yeah. Like they didn't it, know how to handle a, a, it, yes. a 29 point lead or a, sorry, a 31 point lead going to the halftime. Yes. I, uh, I, I put more on the Browns um, getting complacent versus the Titans really, um, really getting after it. So that's just, that's just what I saw. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes me wonder what the locker room was like for the Browns at halftime, right? Like, you got a lot of personality on that team. You know, you got Landry, bless him. Mm-hmm. You got Baker Mayfield. Uh, it. I mean, I feel like they had music playing and they're dancing. Like, oh, we got this. Yes, we do. Uh, and then they come out and they show that you know, they, they just, they, they were not focused. They were not, uh, I mean, their second, the second half, they had two, three and outs. They had a field goal, a seven minute drive that went nine plays for 24 yards, ending in a punt and a fumble. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you wonder like, how did that team win or how are they such a polar opposite as, as they were in the first half? mind-boggling to me but uh hey they 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 pulled out the win uh they're nine and three they are second in the uh, afc north and with the steelers losing today as we heard one game closer one game closer yep and they they get next week uh they get the they get the ravens so they got a huge division game against the ravens ravens monday night football game I don't think the Ravens have played on a Sunday for over a month now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's going to be huge. That is uh, that's going to be in Cleveland. So very uh, that should be a very interesting game. They, they follow up with the New York Giants and New York Jets. So you got to think mm, most likely two wins, and then the last game of the season versus the Steelers. And that could be a winner-take-all for the division game. That, that, that's what it could come down to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think uh, I think Stefanski's just done a he's done an awesome job. Um, obviously, I think uh, uh, I never I never count them in because they've been a dumpster fire for so long. Um, I, I got to tip my hat to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that style of quarterback. I don't believe your quarterback should be a fiery dude. Um, I feel like your quarterbacks should be a gunslinger. Um, keep to you know, just keeps it, keeps everything under the lid and is in is in control at all times. 
Um, that's not who. That's not what he is. Uh, but he played a played a hell of a first half and uh, did just enough to get it done in the second half. And W's a W in this league. I don't, right. I don't care how you get it. W's a W. W is a W. The Titans, however, they've got the uh, they got the Jaguars, followed by the Lions, Packers, and last game versus the Texans. Uh, the Packers game I see is going to be their only real bump in the road. Uh, I feel like they're going to do quite well against the other three teams there. Um, and I believe they they're first in the AFC South, but just now they're they're tied up with the Indianapolis Colts and uh, they're both eight and four. Who got so. a huge one. I'm sorry. Got, uh, you said the Indianapolis Colts and I said they got a huge win. They got a huge win against the, against the Houston Texans. So. Absolutely. Hate to see, hate to see Deshaun Watson lose. It's like he, he's not, he never gets used to it. You know what I mean? In that game. Um, he just not used to losing. <laughs> yeah, but no, I agree with you. That Packers game is going to be uh, going to be a big one. Um, mm-hmm. They'll be going against uh, who I believe is the best quarterback in football. Uh, Chiefs fans, you can at me. I'll I'll debate it all day. Um, I gotta have that's to add, a, I'm gonna have to at you on that one. Maybe maybe next week we're gonna add we're gonna. That's fine. Bring you guys. Bring it up. Bring it all you want. We're gonna get after it on that one. That's. Oof, Bring it words. all you want. I'll say it. You've heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. Oh, my God. My ears. Oh, I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. Can't wait. Oh, that's going to be great. That's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time debating that one. All right. Let's move on. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a fun little segment here. We're going to we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Josh. Bork's all-time team. Yes, yes, you heard it right. His all-time team. Now, before we get started here, I want you to tell us a little bit about how you put this team together. What was the basis behind it? Uh, what are some key facts we should know about how you built this team? Because you know, people are going to be listening. They're going to have their own opinions. They're going to be probably calling you crazy. For some of these picks you're gonna have, uh, but you know you have your reasons behind it. So why don't you lay it out for us? What what's kind of the basis for building this all-time team? Um yeah, so how this all came about is is I sent a text message uh, to a couple of homies here um, a few weeks ago. Um, I said, hey, I said put together your all-time your all-time NFL roster. So. Um, you know, I got to thinking about it and, uh, this is, this is my team. Um, and they're all players. Um, they're all players that I watched and that I can specifically remember from my childhood. Um, some of them from now, um, that just made me stop and go, wow. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, so they're, they're, they're not. I know there's a lot of guys out there. In fact, there's there's really only one on the roster that I that I don't remember watching, but he's got a good reason for being on there. So I'll get to that when we get there. But, gotcha. Uh, most everybody I've watched played. Uh, I watched play most of their career. So 
that's, so we, uh, we could call this like oh. we can call this like the the 25 year team, right? The last the team of the last 25 years, give or take. Uh, pretty much, yes. Um, it'll be it'll be dominated by 90s players and the uh, 2000s. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Well, I can't wait to get started here. Uh, let's go ahead. Why don't you give us your team captains, right? Team captains. These are guys that really have the full feel of how this team was built. Uh, go ahead and give us, you know, start off. Two, de- two defensive captains. Uh, who are they? Okay, so my defensive captains... Um, you don't have the roster yet, but, uh, pretty simple. Um, when you talk about the rules they played on their football teams, um, my first captain is none other than who I believe is the greatest middle linebacker of all time, Ray Lewis, um, out of the university of Miami. And the other would be the minister of the defense. They call him that because he is an ordained minister, but, uh, Mr. Reggie white defensive end. Um, most of his prime with the Green Bay Packers, but uh, he was pretty dominant in Philadelphia too. So, well, hey, you, you get it started off with a whole lot of respect and a whole lot of attitude. So I have mm-hmm. a feeling the rest of the defensive roster is gonna line up with these two guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. So we got a linebacker, we got a defensive end. Well, let's go with the rest of the defensive line. Okay, so at the other defensive end spot, um, you have the all-time leading sack um, getter in the NFL history. Uh, he's he's one of the top three defensive ends I've ever watched. Uh, Bruce Smith, University of Virginia Tech. Oh, boy. Good old Bruce Smith from the Buffalo Bills. Yep, and uh, Bruce... Um, I just, he's just been a state, he was just a staple, staple of my childhood. Um, a little, he's six, six, five, six, five, two, uh, two fifty, two fifty five, uh, six, four, two fifty five. But, uh, anyway, he just, there was nothing you could do against him. Uh, he used, well, he could bull rush you, he could speed rush you, um, Finished his career was the Washington Redskins, which was which was really disconcerting to me because I, I that was the last guy I wanted to be on my most hated football team. But <laughs> and, uh, and somehow he still uh, makes your all time team. Hundred uh, percent, eleven time All Pro, uh, ten or excuse me, eleven time Pro Bowler, ten time All Pro. That's eight first first teamers. Um, was on that Buffalo Bills team that went to four straight Super Bowls. Um. But anyway, he has 200 sacks. That's a lot of sacks. Uh, that's a lot of sacks. Uh, nobody has came. Uh, I think Michael Michael Strahan had a shot at it. He didn't make it. I, I don't see any. I don't see anybody getting to that mark. Just FYI, I don't. I don't see that being broken anytime soon. So not even with like Miles Garrett. No, I don't think so. Miles. Not with, not with Aaron Donald. No. Oof. Okay. No. We'll, uh, we'll have to write that down. Let me write that down. I'm going to double check here in about 20 years and uh, and see if you're right. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All um, right, so we're running a 3-4 or a 4-3 here. What are we running? It, 
Uh, I'm running a four three. Okay. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so you cannot run a four three and not have this defensive tackle on your team. Uh, Cody, you'll be a little familiar with this guy out of the University of Miami, Mr. Warren Sapp. Mm. Gotta love me a Tampa Bay Buccaneer on this all-time team. Absolutely. And uh, Warren Sapp was uh, a freak at defensive tackle. He was six foot two, three hundred 300 pounds. A lot of people don't know this about him, but at the Combine, I believe he ran a 4-6-40. Um, 300-pounders aren't supposed to move like that. And I know people, um, one of my good buddies, and I debate this all the time, um, he thinks the athletes of today are just flat out better. Uh, I don't know too many defensive tackles in the NFL nowadays that can are uh, 300 pounds and run a 4-6. So, no, uh, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, Warren, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, four-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, Super Bowl champion. Thank you very much. Nine. 96 sacks at the defensive tackle position, which is um, that's that's just unheard of. It does not happen very often. Um, Mr. Donald is probably going to surpass that, but again, uh, this guy's one of the best defensive tackles to ever do it. Uh, a lot of people don't want to mention him in that because of uh, the way he acted, uh, the way he conducted himself um, off the field. Pretty bold dude, um, but on the field, um, second second to none for me at the defensive tackle position. There you go. And just like just like we we kicked it off with attitude, he follows suit right there on that D line. Absolutely, yeah. Um, after I named Ray Lewis and Reggie White captains, he probably would have came to me and said, "What the hell are you thinking?" <laughs> um, so anyway, um, the other defensive tackle spot, Mr. Aaron Donald. I knew um, it. He had to be on this team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a, like I said, he's a monster. Um, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year already. Uh, six-time Pro Bowler, five five-time uh, All-Team, um, first-team All-Pro. Uh, again, at the defensive tackle position, uh, he's already 83 sacks, so he will surpass Warren Sapp. Just a matter of time. Uh, he will not get to Bruce Smith, but he'll get close. We'll, we'll check back on that. I got it in my notes. We'll check back. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, the guy's, the guy's a monster. And my favorite thing about Aaron Donald is there's nobody in today's game that works harder um, on, his, uh, on his body, taking care of himself. Um, the, guy's a, the guy's a consummate professional. So I uh, feel very comfortable putting him on this roster. Well, so far... I mean, we got Reggie White, Bruce Smith on the ends, Warren Sapp, Aaron Donald in the middle, and then we got Ray Lewis right behind him. Who do we got uh, next to Ray Lewis? Well, so this is this is the one player that I didn't get to see a whole lot of, but has to be on this team because he revolutionized he, he revolutionized the spot, uh, Mr. Lawrence Taylor. LT, okay. Um, if you ask a lot of people um, that cover this foot, that cover this great game that we watched, a lot of them will tell you he is the best player, period, in NFL history. 
Uh, like I said, he changed the way um, the linebacker position was played, um, the way it was defended. Um, he made the left tackle position one of the most important positions in football because of how devastating he was. Um, my, my favorite player, uh, one of my favorite players, not my favorite player, but one of my favorite players of all time, Mr. Troy Aikman, said that he flat out was scared when they played the New York Giants. And he looked to see where Lawrence Taylor was at all times because he was worried about getting hurt. Um, I don't know very many. I don't know any. I don't know hardly any players nowadays, uh, maybe in the old days, but I don't know very many players now that have that, have that kind of uh, that kind of respect. And uh, but anyway, uh, 10 time pro bowler, eight time first team all pro. Like I said, revolutionized the position. Um, Bill Parcells, kind of the father of the 3-4, decided that uh, if you got linebackers to rush the passer, they're, they're cheaper than defensive ends. So that's um, that's where Mr. Taylor comes into play. So Lawrence Taylor, um, okay. uh, my outside backer. Uh, my other outside backer, you're, uh, you're going to be pretty familiar with. Oh, Mr. is he Derek, my favorite player? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Derek Brooks. Tampa. We, got, we got two Tampa Bay Buccaneers on your all-time team? Uh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Um, and rightfully so, Derek. Uh, I remember Derek a lot. Um, I swear to God, he had he – had it seemed like he had at least one defensive touchdown a year, which um, in the scheme that he played in, the Tampa 2, uh, the guy could cover, stop the run. He could do it all. Uh, 11-time Pro Bowler. Uh, five-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, so. Um, Super Bowl champion. Oh, absolutely, Super Bowl champion. <laughs> uh, seven defensive touchdowns in his career. Uh, 25 interceptions, 24 first fumbles. That guy's, guy's a playmaker. That he was. Many great memories watching my guy, Derek Brooks. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hey. That's a solid front seven, but uh, who do we got in the uh, in the secondary? Uh, we'll start at corner. Um, obviously, no no big surprise, and anybody who has an all time team uh, and does not have this guy at corner, uh, I don't think your all time team is valid. We'll start with the arguably the greatest nickname in sports, Prime Time, Mr. Deion Sanders. Okay. Um, yeah, hard to argue that one. Yeah, and his stats, if you look at his stats as a corner, um, they don't match up very very well sometimes to uh, to other corners as far as interceptions or defensive touchdowns. And it is I don't want you to be alarmed because they flat out would not throw to him. Yeah, it's they true. Just, I mean, if you they, don't throw to his side of the field, you don't have the opportunity to get the stats. And, I mean – i.e. here we go we got Deion sanders yep and uh prime is a uh he's an eight-time pro bowler six-time first team all pro um best punt returner i've ever seen in my life um i was gonna say he's got to be your punt returner right for this all-time team yep he's my punt returner (laughs) um also has uh, also has almost a thousand yards receiving and uh, three receiving touchdowns. Played a little offense because, uh, like I said, he's a superior athlete. Um, 
if you've watched any of his 30 for 30s, uh, World Series appearances, um, just effortless speed. The guy was a burner. Again, uh, people people nowadays will tell you that uh, Tyreek Hill is the fastest player they've ever seen um, in a straight in a straight line race. Uh, I I would bet all the all the money on Prime. So. Ooh, that's. Um, that's a, that's a, I'm gonna have to write that one down too. <laughs> Definitely write it down. Uh, I'd have to look at I'd have to look at 40 times. I know they don't tell the whole story, but uh, I believe Tyreek's 40 times like 429. Um, it's 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 rumored out there that Dion ran a sub 42 with uh, with somebody else's shoes. So oh, uh, I, feel, I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable. Uh, I feel comfortable with that bet. Okay. Who's um, on the other side? Uh, the other side, um, I got, I call him Charlie, Mr. Charles Woodson. Um, your only defensive player ever to win the Heisman Trophy. Also, uh, probably going to be going in the Hall of Fame, maybe. We'll see. Uh, he, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's a definite uh, Super Bowl champion. Four-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, 2009 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, led the league in interceptions twice, uh, 65 career interceptions. The guy um, just had a high IQ, 13 defensive touchdowns, which is which is unheard of. You weren't not going to find very many guys that have uh, over 10 defensive touchdowns in their career. So. Um, can't argue with Mr. Charles Woodson. And uh, my third corner. Third, okay, uh, my, we're going nickel. That's yeah, my nickel corner. Um, <laughs> Mr. Champ Bailey. Uh, can't have a can't have an all time team without Champ. Twelve uh, time Pro Bowler, which I'd have to look it up, but I believe it's an NFL record. I don't think any of the corners have twelve Pro Bowl uh, appearance appearances. Uh, Three time. Three-time first-team or four-time second-teamer. Um, Champ, uh, the, Champ Bailey was the opposite of Deion Sanders. Uh, you never heard him talk. He wasn't flamboyant. He wasn't flashy. He just did his job. But uh, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely earned a spot on my all-time team. He's one of the best corners I've ever seen do it. Yeah. Again, you know, just back to the theme of the defense. We had. We had attitude, which you filled lots of spots with attitude, and then you had the respect, and I feel like Champ Bailey falls right in that category. Well respected uh, on his teams and as a player in the NFL. Uh, great, great corner for the Broncos and the Redskins. For, formerly Redskins, Washington football team. At one point, the Washington Redskins secondary was Deion Sanders, Champ Bailey, and Daryl Green. That? Really? Yeah, at one point, at one point for a very short time, that was their secondary. And that is, Yikes. on paper, the best second, the, the best cornerback trio of all time, on paper. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now we're looking at uh, safeties. Um, so, again, 
if you're following the theme of this team, um, going off the of safeties that I watch, the free safety position, there really is no debate on who this is. Uh, Mr. Ed Reed, um, University of Miami. Maybe, maybe the most clutch player on this list. Uh, the guy just had a nose for the football. Uh, 64 career interceptions. 139 passes defended. The guy watched so much film, um, studied your tendencies. Uh, people talk about quarterbacks looking off safeties. How about safeties looking off quarterbacks? He was a <laughs> wizard at it. Make you think that he had no idea what was going on, only to show up out of nowhere and start going the other way with it. Um, Defensive Player of the Year in 2004 is a five-time All All Pro, uh, first team All Pro, three times, second team All Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, led the league in interceptions three different times. Um, uh, guys, one of my favorite players ever. Uh, in fact, if you ask me, if you ask me to name my top five players, I'm probably going to name him as one. So, fair enough. Yeah. I love watching him play. Uh, All time great at the safeties position for sure. Uh, an interesting NFL record he has. He holds the all time um, record for interception return yards. He has over fifteen hundred. That's fifteen hundred return yards. Yep, uh, interceptions. So, oh guy, wow, guys, a, the guy's a player, and uh, uh, nine postseason interceptions, which um, I think is tied. I think is tied for most. So, like I said, clutch. That guy is clutch. Gotta have the clutch. Gotta have the clutch. And uh, last, but most certainly not least. Um, so my strong safety probably, uh, probably will catch some flack for this one. Um, but my strong safety is Steve Atwater. Um, not sure how old Steve would do in today's game because he flat out, when he was coming to hit you, it wasn't to get you down. He was coming to take your soul. And, uh. That's what I remember the most about Steve. Um, a lot of people, if they watch the uh, the uh, Denver Green Bay Super Bowl, will remember the play where he knocked out three guys in one hit. Uh, one of the three guys was him, but uh, he knocked out Robert Brooks. And uh, gosh dang it, I forget the other, I forget the name of the other corner that they had at the time, but. Uh, Gosh dang it, I can't think of his name. Maybe Randy Hilliard, I can't remember. But anyway, Knox not, knocked him out clean on the on Green Bay's last drive to set up a fourth and six. Uh, that could have been a, a huge play in the game. Um, so Mr. Steve Atwater is an eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time first-team All-Pro. Um, Funny you uh, uh, mentioned that uh, game, Packers-Broncos. Uh I want to say that's probably the earliest football memory I have uh, watching that Super Bowl at a friend's house who was a diehard Broncos fan. Uh, I don't remember much about it, but I, I remember, I just remember watching. And, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that was that was a long time ago. I'm getting old, man. Yeah, I remember. I just I remember old uh, Mr. Robert Brooks. Uh, shout out to Robert. He's not on my all-time team, but he's a hell of a receiver. Um, and Steve Atwater absolutely obliterated him, and uh, it paused the game for almost 20 minutes. I think uh, I thought I thought he killed him. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm sure all of our listeners can are, are typing into YouTube right now. Uh, Steve Atwater versus Robert Brooks. Uh, I'm gonna have to take a look at that myself, refresh the old memory, and uh, and and see what happened. What what is what's what's Josh talking about here? The Steve Atwater play. I'm gonna have to take a look. Absolutely, please, please do. <laughs> okay, well. That's a that's a pretty good all-time defense if if I do say so myself. A um, lot of attitude, a lot of respect. You know, you've got Super Bowl winners, uh, lots of accolades on this all-time team for sure. Yes, how sir. About, how about the offense though? How about the offense? We we got the offense to get get to here. Uh, let's start off with your offensive team captains. How did um, how did those come about? What kind of theme do we have for the offense? So, um, the offense, uh, the first captain, uh, the sheriff, Peyton Manning. Maybe the most maybe the most brilliant football mind of all time. In fact, I feel pretty confident that he uh, is probably has the highest football IQ of anybody that's ever done it. Um, revolutionized the quarterback position. And uh, my second captain, uh, and personally is my favorite football player of all time, um, the playmaker Michael Irvin. And. Uh, a lot of people go, why? Um, he was the de facto leader of the 90s Cowboys. Um, he led that locker room. And uh, Mike's a winner. Um, state championships, national championships, and Super Bowls. He's won them at every, he's won them at every level. Um, and he'll, he'll tell you all about that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a lot of people consider um, that 90s Cowboys team uh, one of the best teams, if not the best team to play, and he was the leader of that team. So um, I wanted to be one. I wanted to be the leader of my team as well. Okay, all right. So we've got a very cerebral, well-respected captain in Peyton Manning, and then of course, again, they got to keep the attitude with the playmaker Michael Irvin as a second captain. All right. Well, who are uh, Michael Irvin's running mates? Who are he? Who's he going to be lining up with? Um, so, <clears throat> a lot of people are going to frown at me. Um, but uh, I'm going to start with Randy Moss. How are you going to find out, frown out of that? I mean, come on now. Uh, I'll tell you why people are, will, will frown at me here in a little bit. Um, but anyway, Randy Moss. <laughs> probably the fastest football player I've ever seen. Um, I thought that was Deion Sanders. What's going uh, on? De Deion is number two. I said Deion's faster than Tyreek Hill. I think I think Randy Moss in a straight line is the fastest I've ever seen in my life. So, okay. Uh, 
You have to line these three up, man. I'm telling you. Oh my God, I, I would I would die if we could. <laughs> but uh, you know, Randy Moss just um, wasted no time when he got into the league. Uh, 17 touchdowns as a rookie, which is a record. Uh, again, that's another record I feel confident. I don't think will ever be broken. Um, over 15,000 career receiving yards. Uh, six-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. Um, five times NFL receiving touchdown leader. The guy, you could double him. He was too fast. It did not matter. Um, Randy Moss, is uh, he's my number one wide receiver. Okay. You got lost. <laughs> yep. And uh, we, we went over Mike. Mike's in the slot. Uh, the other outside wide receiver, um, again, if you uh, if you picked up on on the time that I grew up in, um, Terrell Owens will be the other one. Oh, I love to hear it. Uh, to it, uh, all antics aside, monster, six-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, um, three-time NFL receiving touchdowns leader. I love me some me. Love me some me. <laughs> um, over a thousand career receptions, over fifteen thousand receiving yards, one hundred and fifty-three touchdowns, which um, I think is number two all time behind Jerry Rice. Uh, I, I I don't have Jerry on my all-time team. That's not a knock on Jerry. I do believe Jerry's the best receiver of all time. Um, I don't think it's debatable, but uh, this is my team. So again. Um, and I and I and I remember watching Jerry quite a bit, but uh, I remember these three a lot more. So, hey, happy birthday to my boy T.O. A big shout out. Today's his birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, happy birthday, Mr. T.O. Loved watching him play. I gotta say, he's he's probably probably my favorite football player. If yeah, if I had to pick one, I think he's my favorite. Let me right, tell you why. like, right, like I have a I have a list of my favorite players. Like I have a list of my favorite Cowboys, and then I have guys that were not on the Cowboys. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, so, um, but anyway, sorry to interrupt. So, Go ahead. so, T O, he just he had an aura about him that he just made everybody around him better on the football field, and. I mean, he, he talked so much trash, but then he backed it up with his play. And that, I just love athletes like that. I mean, that's, I mean, we're, they're in the business of entertainment. And he, he gets my vote for most entertaining player uh, that I've ever watched. He was, I mean, get your popcorn ready. All right. I mean, he was something else. I love watching him play. Probably my favorite football player uh, of all time. I like it. Okay, so we've got some receivers. We've got our quarterback. Uh, let's move to offensive line. Who's blocking for this quarterback, Mr. Peyton Manning? He's not too mobile. No, but uh, he doesn't have to worry. I took 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 pretty good care of him. So okay. Okay. Um, again, um, this man was the best left tackle that I ever saw. Six foot nine, three fifty, Mr. Jonathan Ogden. Um, 
played his whole career with the Baltimore Ravens, a uh, Super Bowl champion, first, first, uh, four time first team all pro, five time second team all pro, uh, 11 time pro bowler. Um, the thing I remember most about Jonathan is, is, uh, he, he's smiling all the time. He was always, he always had a big smile on his face. That's true. But, but, uh, don't, don't let him fool you because, uh, I, I watched him manhandle grown men, um, uh, in that Super Bowl, in that Super Bowl championship, if that they that they won, if you go back and watch the film, um, you won't hear Michael Strahan's name called at all, and uh, it's for good reason. This guy could play football. Um, at left guard, uh, you guys know me, Dallas Cowboy fan, and this guy is arguably the best guard to ever do it. But uh, Mr. Larry Allen. Um, fell to Dallas in the second round. Uh, I know a little bit about this guy because, again, he's, he's on my squad and uh, the best player on my squad for a long time. Uh, Sonoma State. Um, back then, if you had a small school, you didn't get the you didn't get near the exposure that you do now. So, eleven uh, time Pro Bowler, seven time First Team All Pro. Um, the guy is probably or arguably the strongest player to ever play in the NFL. Um, 700 pound bench press. Um, did 20 reps uh, incline bench press. Did 520 pounds 20 times. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, the guy's a, the guy's a beast. Uh, he could run like a he could run like a gazelle. Um, a lot of people think he's the best guard of all time. Uh, he's the best one that I ever saw do it. So <laughs> he, he, to me, he always just stood out as just bigger than everybody else. Like, even though you know he might not have been the Jonathan Ogden six nine three fifty, he just, he just seemed bigger than everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's and it's and it's interesting. He's he's six three three twenty five. Uh, I definitely know a lot of offensive linemen that um that that, that are bigger than that but he it was his build his build he, he looked like a bowling ball exactly so yeah he he was a. Uh, I, I got to watch him i got to watch him a lot um and again uh you were saying that you're the first football team football game that you really remember um the first one that i really remember was um yeah Probably the one that I remember the best was the ninety the ninety five Super Bowl win. So it would have been there. It would have been Dallas's third one. Um, gotcha. And he was on that team. So. Um, All right. At center, starting for the Josh uh, Bork All Time Team, who do we got? So obviously, if you go back in time, um, one of the most decorated NFL players of all time is John Hanna. Probably going to be on most people's um, all-time list as center, but uh, I have Travis Frederick on mine. Um, recently retired Travis Frederick, which broke my heart. But, uh, only seven seasons, but uh, in the seven seasons, uh, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, first-team All-Pro, um, started every game uh, that he played in. So um, don't have a lot on Travis. That's just a Maybe a little, maybe a little of a bias. A little pick, bit but, of a uh, bias, he says. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he's a, uh, 
he's one of the better centers I've ever seen do it, so I put him at center. Okay, I loved his beard. I mean, he always kept a nice beard, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. To the right guard. Um, yeah, shout out to, uh, shout out to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Randall McDaniels, my right guard, a uh, little undersized, uh, sub, sub 300 pound guy. Um, he has the fastest hundred meter dash time among offensive linemen in NFL history, uh, at 10, six. Um, the guy was a, the guy was a freak as far as, um, um, big time in the weight room, um, ran a four, six forty. Uh, just one of those freaks. And, uh, yeah, 12-time Pro Bowler, nine-time first-team All-Pro. Um, he's on the 90s All-Decade team. And uh, he'd be my right guard. I, I, I remember watching Daniel uh, Randall McDaniel a lot. Uh, announcers keyed on him a lot because he was running down safeties and blocking them and all that kind of jazz. So, yep. Okay. Last but not least, on right tackle for the offensive line. Um, yeah, right, right, right tackle, uh, Mr. Willie Rofe. Um, probably what I, probably what I remember most about him was his nickname. Uh, they called him Nasty. Six five three twenty. Uh, played most of his career with the New Orleans Saints. Finished it with Kansas City Chiefs. But eleven uh, time Pro Bowler. Um, six time first team All Pro. Three time second team All Pro. Uh, all 90s and 2000s all decade team. So that kind of goes to tell you everything you need to know about him. Um, Willie was as solid as you get. And uh, 189 games played, 189 games started. Just reliable as hell. So Willie, Willie Rope's my right tackle. All right. Gotta, gotta love that, uh, that consistency and dependability there for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm gonna save the running backs for last. Let's uh, let's head over to the tight end world. What what do we got uh, lining up outside these tackles? Um. Again, so um, most of my football knowledge, watching knowledge, spans from uh, the uh, early mid '90s to uh, to now. So um, the greatest tight end I've ever seen do it is Mr. Tony Gonzalez. Um. 14-time Pro Bowler, 6-time uh, first-team All-Pro, 4-time second-team All-Pro. Second, I believe he's second. No, he's third. He's third all-time in receptions because I think Larry Fitzgerald passed him recently. Um, kind of your first, uh, uh, when I talk about guys to revolutionize the position, um, there are other receiving tight ends before him, but he was kind of your first tight end with a basketball background to uh, – to really start um, uh, dominating in the NFL, um, which kind of led the way to your uh, for your Antonio Gates, um, Jimmy Grams, but uh, Tony Gonzo um, played for a Kansas City team for the first part of his career that uh, it didn't didn't do a whole hell of a lot, but uh, that guy was a bright spot always. Um, I just remember uh, 
uh, you go back if you go and watch his uh, look up his highlights on YouTube in Kansas City. He's catching multiple touchdown passes um, with three people in the end zone around him. So huge red zone weapon. Uh, just throw it up. Uh, you didn't have to be very accurate with him. Um, he was going to go up and get it. So Tony Gonzalez, who I believe is the best tight end ever played. Okay, well, I mean, you might have some debate on that one. I hope to hear from uh, our listeners uh, on Mr. Josh's all-time team here. Um, I mean, you're gonna get a, you might get some debate from me on that one. No, That's I'm, fine. Not to knock Tony, but uh, there might be some other ones out there. Might be some other ones out there. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. They weren't <laughs> as good. They weren't as good as this guy. Okay, okay, uh, you know. Not to get off topic, but another Kansas City Chiefs tight end really comes to mind. Travis Kelsey. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, great. Tearing it up. Now, I, I I thought about it for a second. It only took me a second to think about it. Because I would say he's a product of his quarterback. Tony Gonzalez didn't really have any Patrick Mahomes thrown to him. And was still able to get unbelievable production. So, hey... Not going to get any argument from, from me there. Yeah. Um, the first part of Tony's career, um, his quarterback was uh, – in fact, there's a little trivia question for you. Do you know who his quarterback was? Was it Joe Montana? Uh, no. So um, Tony was drafted in 97. Okay. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, I believe, probably would have been his first year as a Kansas City Chief as well. But it was a uh, Michigan quarterback, uh, Elvis Gerback. That was my second guess, dude. You, t- you didn't let me finish. No, I'm just oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Uh, yeah. Didn't really matter who was throwing Tony the football. His catch radius was enormous. So. Gotcha. Okay. Do we have a... Do we have a second tight end, or are we going just one tight end? Because we've got the uh, receivers, ju- one tight end? Uh, I just went one tight end. Okay, gotcha. And uh, how many running backs have we got? Two. Two running backs. Now, this is the part that I've been waiting for this whole time. Because there's some running backs out there that I've watched. Well, yeah, so obviously um, the league, uh, for as long as the league's been around for uh, – uh, the running back position was definitely uh, definitely very important for uh, for a bigger percentage of the uh, NFL's history. So there are uh, a lot of guys to pick from, but uh, I will take the guy who averaged uh, 1,500 yards a year um, over his uh, very um, probably a little prematurely ended, but. Uh, Barry Sanders will be number one on my depth chart. Can't argue with that. Nope. Uh, he's the best. He's the best running back I've ever seen with uh, with my eyes. Um, uh, most guys, uh, running backs. Um, uh, I'm a big Emmett Smith guy. Obviously, Emmett's my guy. Um, Emmett had a terrific offensive line. Barry Sanders never had much of anything in Detroit. And uh, whether they were blocking for him or not blocking for him, um, 
you play ten years in the you play ten years in the NFL and you average over fifteen hundred yards a, uh, a year. Um, that's unheard of. I don't think that'll ever be duplicated again. Um, I know it's more of a throwing league now, so it's not as a not as a um, not a very risky bet. Not but, gonna argue uh, that one. That one's not gonna get touched. No, I don't have to write that one down anywhere. So, um, Barry Sanders over fifteen thousand yards for his career, um, average five yards a carry, uh, almost a hundred rushing touchdowns, ninety nine. Um, but yeah, Barry just. Uh, his ability to disappear and reappear, uh, it seemed however, wherever he wanted. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was in awe every time, uh, and the Detroit Lions were not on TV very much back then. So anytime Detroit was on TV, it was a real treat because you were going to watch magic. And the guy was happy Thanksgiving, uh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh man. I love watching Barry as well. Uh, even highlights to this day, just just standing back in awe, you know. Like like you said, a lot of your guys on your team kind of follow that, uh, you know, that theme of, you know, they made you just go, wow, that's that's something I've yeah. never seen before. Or you know, they they revolutionized the game in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, and, and Barry Barry was cool. Uh, he was cool because I don't know if you remember this, but he was kind of the first the first big dog that I remember to wear that dark visor, that tinted dark visor. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he had that on and, uh, I just always thought that was really cool. Well, I didn't seem to have one of those. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, last but not least to, to, and this is the final, this is the final player of your all time team, correct? Um, I do have a fullback. Oh, Okay. Okay, gotcha. I think I know who that is too. But well, let's go to the second second running back. Excuse me, second running back. So second running back again. This is my team, so it is my favorite running back of all time, Mr. Emmett Smith. Ah, oh, jeez. No, no bias here, guys. Nope. Just the uh, just the all time leading rusher, um, all time leading touchdown holder at running back with 164 rushing touchdowns. Uh, maybe the most durable player in NFL history. The guy never got hurt. I don't think he ever got tired. You could literally give him the ball a hundred times a game and his guy would just never quit. Uh, terrific balance. Uh, it's got a Super Bowl MVP, three-time Super Bowl champion, eight-time first-team all, uh, eight-time pro bowler, four-time first-team all pro. Um, and, uh, like I said, all-time leading rushing yards, all-time leading uh, rushing touchdown. Um, played played a lot longer than Barry. Uh, Barry, if Barry keeps going, um, Barry would hold the uh, the all-time leading rushing yards. Uh, not sure if he would have got touchdowns, but definitely would have had yards. So um, Barry's one, Emmett's two. Yeah, gotta love Emmett Smith. Uh, shout out the shout out to the old man. My dad's favorite player, and uh, got to learn a lot about Emmett Smith, and and uh, got to watch him quite often as the Cowboys were on in my household as as a kid. So mm-hmm. very familiar with uh, Mr. Emmett Smith. Um, but yeah, hard hard to argue with that. Uh, you know, greatest one of the greatest running backs of all time. So we had we had the pleasure of watching him. That's that's always good good to see. 
Okay, so you have a full back. Uh, it's, it's hard to end on a, <clears throat> a high note when we're ending with a full back, but uh, who, who is <laughs> the full back on your all-time team? Um, well, if I had to give you a guess, you could probably figure it out. But, mm, uh, is he number Mr. 40? Yeah, Mr. Mike Allstott. Um, Super Bowl champion, six-time Pro Bowler, but uh, obviously Mike um, Mike was a factor on offense uh, from a scoring perspective. Um, we had one of the best fullbacks of all time on that Dallas Cowboys team, Moose Johnston, but uh, Mike um, Mike was a serious goal line threat, and uh, going to tackle him, you were going to get punished. So, um, yeah, Mike Allstott would be my fullback. All right, so if you just take the 90s Cowboys and you mix them with the 2001 Buccaneers, you have half of your all-time team. <laughs> yes, um, even though uh, yeah, even though Derek was uh, towards the end of his career and um, Mike was towards the end of his career at that point. Uh, actually, no, Mike no, Mike played quite a while after that, but uh, Derek was. Derek retired, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do have I do have some Tampa Bay Buccaneers on my team. All right, gotta lo- love to see it, love to see it. Okay, well, hey, that I loved it. Um, I don't have any real big complaints. Uh, no bones to pick with you. Uh, easy, easily debate. I don't know if it's easily, but debatable at tight end with Tony Gonzalez. There's a. I think Shannon Sharp might be somewhere around there. Um, Shannon so was a good one. That's you know that's a little debatable, but hey, hey, you know it's your all-time team. It's not my all-time team. Correct. Um, you give uh, you give Tony Gonzalez. Um, you want to make an argument for uh, Travis Kelsey? Give right. Tony give Tony Gonzalez Pat Mahomes. If you want to make an argument for Rob Gronkowski, you give Tony Gonzalez Tom Brady. If you want to make an argument for Shannon Sharp, give Tony Gonzalez John Elway. Um, okay, okay, you're right. I there you go again. That's a good. That's a good argument. You can't can't deny it. Didn't have too many quarterbacks throwing him the ball that were uh, high caliber. Uh, no, in fact, he was a former. Uh, he was pretty much a, you know, towards the end of his career when he got to Atlanta. Um, Matt Schaub and Matt Ryan, uh, he made them look like uh, Matt. Oh, Matt Ryan was a solid, a pretty solid quarterback. Probably the best one he ever played with. Yep, yep. So that's towards the end of his career, though. So you know, you're gonna see a little mm-hmm. production loss there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was fun. Uh, yeah, Peyton, like... Peyton Manning uh, was probably the one that I surprised myself with. But if I think about quarterbacks that really awed me, like I said, he. Uh, he changed the position. Um, he got the first big, big money contract at the position. Um, five-time MVP. Uh, that's that's number one all time. Um, really, probably the father of the no huddle. Um, the no huddle had been around before him, but as far as running it for a big portion of a football game and not just in the last two minutes, um, he started that. Um, it's well documented that he ran practice uh not the coaches he ran practice for the offense um the the guy the guy changed the game um whenever you stop and you see quarterbacks barking shit out pre-snap 
Um, Working stuff out. He said stuff. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, he's just uh, – he changed the position. Uh, he changed the game. Um, that's kind of when you started seeing the league head towards a passing. Is uh, It started with Peyton Manning. So um, that's why he's on my all-time team because uh, I believe he changed football. Can't argue that. Uh, I mean, you could argue it, right? Tom Brady, six Super Bowls. Um, but, hey, uh, nothing, but wrong, nothing wrong with Peyton Manning. I mean, you got one – No. One A and one B; those two are the two, two of the greatest of all time. It, um, well, it's and it's kind of a it's kind of a LeBron James, Michael Jordan type deal almost with the with those two because um, I, I think Peyton Manning and I told my buddy this one time. My buddy's uh, probably the biggest LeBron fan I've ever been around, but uh, Peyton Manning was essentially um, the NFL's LeBron James. Uh, he had he had so much hype um, coming out of Tennessee, being Archie's boy, um, just being a being a professional, um, conducting things like a professional before he got to the pros, uh, and the slam dunk. He was a slam dunk pick. You couldn't miss. You know, he was he was labeled as can't miss, and that's exactly what he was. Probably the other than John Elway, probably the best quarterback prospect of all time, and uh, he did nothing but deliver from the first day so um anyway he's i'm a big uh i'm a big big fan of peyton mannings absolutely uh not many people that i know aren't big fans of peyton manning so big uh shout out to mr peyton manning hopefully uh should be getting the hall of fame right we talked about that last week should be getting the hall of fame uh first ballot uh, hands down, no question. Yeah. So. Yeah, if he's not unanimous, um, whoever whoever decides that he's not unanimous should uh, lose their job. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, let's just um, let's give a couple teases for next week. We're gonna we're gonna hit on some games. We're gonna give you some recaps, some big surprises. We're gonna go over the stat line of the week. And uh, we're going to talk about how a big change can affect a team. We've got a couple of big changes that have happened already this season. And we just want to dig a little deeper into those. And uh, are they the right move? What was the response of the team? And uh, where do the teams go from here? Specifically, we'll take a look at Philadelphia and the possible change at quarterback. Uh, we'll take a look at the Detroit Lions with Daryl Bevel taking over. Uh, possibly hit on the Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll kind of see where this takes us. Obviously the Texans, right? Romeo Cornell taking over. So big changes in how they affect those teams and where the teams take it from there. And uh, let me give you a question. I'll let you think about it for a week. Who would you start your franchise with? Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Antonio Gibson or Brandon Ayuk? A lot of different players there, a lot of different player types. Those are the four players. Josh and I will discuss that next week uh, on Armchair Quarterbacks. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you're still with us at this point, we, went a, we took a little bit more of your time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Can't wait to get back at it next week. 
Josh. Let's send him off. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, I love talking football. I could talk football from here until I die. So um, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to debate, um, I love I love debating. Um, just, just, just get at us. All right. And with that, ta-ta for now.